Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Today, we are back. It's been, I don't know, several weeks, few months since we've uh, been with you in our reading of the book of Revelation together. We want to come back into that today. Uh, basically, what we've tried to do is we have uh, been reading the entire book of Revelation together. And uh, man, I think that's important because the Bible promises a blessing on all of those who read and keep the book of Revelation. And we've been outlining and giving a, a basic overview of each chapter uh, as we go through. And today, we will pick back up with that. The Lord has, has had me doing some other things. Uh, I had my surgery uh, on my mouth, and we got that all taken care of. And then we've had some other things that have, have come up. We've been traveling. And also, the, he pulled me away from Revelation for a little bit to preach a series on the type of person who can receive from God in prayer. And of course, all of those messages, I think there was three or four messages in that particular series, they are available on the Old Time Power podcast. And so please, please, please tell your friends about the Old Time Power podcast. You can get it on iTunes or you can get it on Podbean, either way you wish to, to get it. <clears throat> it is linked on our Connect site. <laughs> Incidentally, on the Connect site, there are on the right-hand side, some of the episodes are embedded in players. But if you want to go to the actual site, most of those are messages that we preached a while back. Just go down in a little further into the links, and, and everything's named there, and you will see. I believe it will say Pastor Lynn on Podbean. And from that point, you can get into all of the stuff that we're making available. Which leads me into another um, uh, subject that has been coming up once in a while lately. I don't uh, put everything that we preach up on the Podbean, and I'll tell you why. There's some things that I say, uh, especially in the live meetings, there are things that we will preach about that is really for mature believers only. And sometimes we even preach things uh, that is especially for our partners, partners of this ministry that give every month to help us take the gospel around the world. And so there's some issues that I, I refrain from putting on social media because it's just for mature Christians. And then there are other things that, that we do put up that uh, are, are very much for everybody. And we, we love to share it. I would love to share it all, but you know how the internet can be. It can be a minefield. It can, it can be more trouble than it's worth sometimes, I think. But it is a good tool that we can use to preach Jesus and to preach salvation and to preach the gospel and to teach believers uh, but when we deal with some of the issues of the day, I do it live, and we record it. And it would be available on CD for a donation of any amount. And if you're already a partner, then it comes to you uh, each month. So that having been said, uh, there are a lot of very strong messages that are on the old time power. Just about all of the live radio programs... Uh, the messages from those, just about all of that is on the old-time power. 
Uh, that reminds me to tell you that uh, for seven years we did a we did a live show on Spreaker Web Radio, and then they changed some of their guidelines and they also changed their control panel to where the live capability is no longer available. You would have to pre-record everything and put it up. Um, or else use some app that I friend I don't know how to do it okay let me just be honest with you so we elected after seven years and it was seven very wonderful years with that platform but we elected to go off Spreaker and we are now on a 24-7 basis it's still called Jesus Revolution with Lynn and Angie and you can access that also from the Connect site 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, the Gospel of Jesus Christ. We have great music, messages by myself, messages by David Nunn, by Keith Malcolmson, by Carter Conlon, by Gary Wilkerson. Uh, just whoever we get permission from to put a messages on, we'll, we'll share them if we feel that the Lord wants you to hear it for certain. So anything you find there is not a waste of time. It is a blessing, it is beneficial, and it will be good for your spiritual development. So, without any further uh, hesitation, let's get on in to the book of Revelation, chapter 7. Now, chapter 7 is the first parenthetical passage in the book of Revelation. Basically, what that means, it, it comes between the sixth and the seventh seal. Uh, during that time, between seal number six and seal number seven, God is sealing 144,000 Jews. Um, so let's, let's say it this way. Revelation 7 is the first parenthetical passage that we come to. And it contains some explanations of events which will transpire after the sixth seal, but before the seventh seal. Things that are not contained in the seals, or the trumpets, or the vials, are here revealed. It's recognized as being parenthetical because it breaks up the natural order of events. And really, it doesn't break it up. Let's say this another way. Uh, at the same time that seal number six is wrapping up and seal seven is about to begin, the events of Revelation 7, the sealing of the 144,000 Jews, will be taking place at the same time. It's, it's almost like a soliloquy of sorts. So... Remember now, we're reading this together. We're reading Revelation together. You and me. You as my partners and friends of this ministry and, and myself. Let's see what the Word of the Lord says in Revelation chapter 7. And we'll take verses 1 through 8 as we begin here today. <clears throat> and after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth. Now, that does not mean the earth is flat, okay? I've heard, I don't know if you've heard that or not, but I've heard that. That's not referring to the earth being uh, flat. You can just look at it this way. It's coming from every direction, okay? That's what's being said here. Four angels on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the winds should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, 
nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and they were sealed an hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. So it tells you who the 144,000 is. And it's not of any particular denomination or group of people other than they came from the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. So these are Jewish evangelists. Praise God. It tells you exactly. Anybody comes up to you and tells you join their church because they're going to be the only ones of the 144,000. They're lying to you. You know, because... These are Jewish evangelists. They're Jewish people who are made into God's heralds in this time of which we're reading. And so the 144,000 most likely don't even know who they are today. They may be alive. If, if, this, if the rapture is soon to take place, then they may already be alive, but they probably don't know that there are 144,000. You get... All kinds of crackpots when you study Bible prophecy. You'll get people that'll run off on every single tangent imaginable. And the point of it is, is for us to read it, to hold it in our hearts, to live out the righteousness of God, which in other words, live holy, pray for Jesus to return, be watchful for His return, and live right. Okay? To live holy, to live right. The point of the book of Revelation is not for you or I to decide who is this and who is that. You can spend an awful lot of time doing it. I, I remember in my lifetime alone, just in my lifetime, people have said that Mussolini was the Antichrist. They said that Hitler was the Antichrist. That was before my lifetime, but that's, I've heard that in my life. Uh, all kinds of things trying to guess who the Antichrist is. Listen, you're not going to know because he's not going to be revealed until after the rapture of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So my prerogative is to come against the spirit of Antichrist every chance I get as a Christian. To stand up for the truth of God. To stand up for righteousness. To stand up for holiness. To stand up for Jesus Christ. Okay? And so, don't try to put yourself into 144,000 here, all right? And, and many of you that are listening at me right now, you know what particular group of people I'm referring to that claims that, and they're absolutely wrong. They're not the 144,000. They are of the children of Israel. Of the tribe of Judah, 12,000. Tribe of Reuben, we're sealed 12,000. Tribe of Gad, we're sealed 12,000. Thousand of the tribe of Asher were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Nephilim were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Manasseh twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Simeon twelve thousand were sealed. Of the tribe of Levi were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Issachar were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Zebulon were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Joseph were sealed twelve thousand. And of the tribe of Benjamin were sealed 12,000. So these first eight verses, this passage tells us of four mighty angels. These are God's angels. We might want to uh, say also, though, that the devil has angels too. Okay? Fallen angels. But these are God's angels. These angels of God are standing on the four corners of the earth, 
again, not meaning the earth is flat, but they're coming from every direction, holding the four winds. They will be the first four of the seven trumpet angels. Now we're going to get into that here, so remember that. And these will be given power to hurt the earth and the sea and the trees. The expression, four corners of the earth, you can look at uh, Revelation 7-1 and Isaiah 11-12, means the four directions. Matthew 24-31 and Revelation 20 verse 8. The winds here refer to the judgments of God, which the trumpet angel holds and which will be poured out after the seventh vial is opened. Right? And you can also reference uh, Daniel chapter 7, verse 2, chapter 8, verse 8, chapter 11, verse 4, and Zechariah chapter 2, and verse 6. In, you remember in the prophet Elijah's day, God reserved 7,000 men who would, would not worship Baal. So God will have 144,000 Jews who will not bow down to the Antichrist. But they will accept Jesus Christ as their own personal Lord and Savior. From each of the 12 tribes of Judah will come 12,000. From each of the 12 tribes of Israel, I, I should say, will come 12,000. This group of Jews will most likely be saved after the rapture. The Jews who were saved at the time of the rapture of all the dead and the living saints in Christ, they will go in the rapture. But these will be here during the seals and the trumpets, proving that they probably weren't saved when the rapture took place, but then they got saved. And there's a reason why that's possible. I think we need to address ourselves to a question here. Number one... Who will be saved during the tribulation? And number two, how will people get saved during the great tribulation period? And I'll answer the latter question first. Basically, basically you will be saved in the great tribulation just to how you get saved now by faith in Jesus Christ. And there's a whole lot of debate as to the first question, who will be getting saved during the tribulation? Now, some people say that if you heard the gospel and did not respond for Christ, then, and then the rapture takes place and the tribulation begins, that you can't be saved. Some people believe that. They believe that you, if, you, if you reject it before the tribulation, that you will sell out to the Antichrist and you will never be able to be saved during the tribulation. Personally, I don't really go along with that. I, I think there's an awful lot of backsliders who will miss the rapture. But because at the time of the rapture, the Holy Spirit is not taken out of planet Earth. So the Holy Spirit will still be here to deal with the hearts of men. I understand that there are preachers who teach that at the time of the rapture, the Holy Spirit is taken out. I beg to differ. The body of Christ is taken out, but the Holy Spirit is here. He is here for always. He is here forever. He will only act on God the Father's orders. He will only act as Jesus Christ has, has begun to carry out the plan of God. So in the time of the Great Tribulation, the Holy Spirit will not just be 
pouring himself out on the whole planet, but he's still here. All right. My belief is that an awful lot of backsliders are going to come back to Jesus Christ as soon as the, the rapture takes place. Believe you me, my friend. An awful lot of Christians who were lukewarm and who, an awful lot of people who simply went to church on Sunday and, and they thought they were saved, but they really weren't. They will come to Christ after the rapture. I personally believe that. So these 144,000 Jewish people, you have to understand the Jewish people today, not all of them, in fact, in the nation of Israel, uh, 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 not nearly all of them are practicing even Judaism. Many Jews today are atheists, they are agnostics, they are secular. You have your Hasidic branch of Jews that still practice the old ways, and you have other Jews that are semi-practicing their religion. And it's the same God, in that case, the God of Christianity is Jehovah God of the Old Testament of the Jewish faith. And the Jews were supposed to have the revelation of Christ as the Messiah. And that's what all the offerings and all the little lambs and pigeons and turtle doves symbolized. But of course they rejected Christ by and large. Now there are a growing number, hallelujah, of Messianic Christians today. In other words, Jewish people who have become Christians. Praise God. But they are not the 144,000. Okay. So we'll just have to leave all of those questions up to the Lord. I mean, I don't know if, who will be saved. Obviously, though, if the rapture takes place and you're saved, you're going to go in the rapture. If you're backslidden, you are not. And so then, this 144,000 that God will seal in their foreheads will not bow to the pressure of the Antichrist, they will ultimately continue to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ throughout the tribulation period until they are martyred. And we'll get to that in a moment. So, praise God, praise God. These 144,000 are to be sealed for the express purpose of being kept through the trumpet judgments, which will take place during the first part of the tribulation or the Great Tribulation, we should say. So let me back up again. In the first uh, uh, six sessions, we talked about there is a difference between life tribulation, which all of us experience on our journey through planet Earth, life tribulation, there is a difference between that and the Great Tribulation that's being talked about here in the book of Revelation. So sometimes... You will, Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation, right? That's not, he's not referring to the great tribulation there. The great tribulation, the time of Jacob's trouble, is a particular seven-year period, yet futuristic, that the world will experience of the wrath of Almighty God. We want to clarify that, too. This, this great tribulation period is a time when God just removes his hand from planet Earth. He doesn't leave. Like I said, the Holy Spirit's still here. He will still deal with the hearts of those who want to come to Christ. And there will be myriads of ways to come to Christ. There will be people on the earth who had a Bible, 
but weren't saved. Their family members had Bibles. There will be Bibles. There will be backslidden preachers that will miss the rapture, that will turn to Christ after the tribulation starts, etc. and so forth. So there will be uh, a myriad of ways for people to be saved. The 144,000 will be preaching the gospel, uh, mainly during the first half of the tribulation. The Bible says, and we'll look at it later, that the angels of heaven will fly through the air the only time it's ever happened, and they will be preaching the eternal gospel of God. Hallelujah. Okay? So there will be plenty of ways for people to get saved during this great tribulation period of time. You have to remember, you have to draw the distinction when that word tribulation is used. The angel that does the sealing here cries to the four trumpet angels saying, Don't hurt the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed these servants of our God in their foreheads. Special direction is given to the fifth trumpet. And this will be in Revelation chapter 9 verse 4 that we'll get to later. Not to hurt the 144,000. So in other words... This 144,000 will have special protection from God. That they are not to be hurt by any of the trumpet judgments, or any of the seals, or any of the vials. Praise God. Okay. So, this group, the 144,000, will be caught up, raptured to heaven, in the seventh trumpet. Immediately after that seventh trumpet blows, they are seen in heaven before the throne of God. In Revelation 14, uh, verses 1 through 5. They are sealed then by the angel prior to the beginning of the trumpets. The trumpets begin immediately after the seals, and the trumpets, the trumpet judgments continue to the middle of the tribulation period. So it must be that the 144,000 are sealed about the midpoint of the first three and a half years of the tribulation and between the sixth seal and the first trumpet. The seal will be a literal, visible mark upon them. There are several reasons for this concept. Uh, <clears throat> there is nothing to the contrary given in the passage. So we can take it as a literal seal of some type. The locust of the abyss will be able to see it in Revelation 9 and 4. The seal of the Abrahamic covenant was literal, Romans 4.11. The sign of the Passover was literal, Exodus 12.13. The mark of the beast will be literal in Revelation 13.16-18, and 14 verse 9 and 20 verse 4. So it could not be uh, simply salvation or some type of spiritual mark that we're talking about it's it is expressly stated that they will be sealed in their foreheads in the third verse and also in chapter 14 verse 1 of revelation at this time the antichrist will be making his big play for world domination he will be angered no doubt by the sealing of the servants of god in their foreheads he will try to destroy the 144,000, but as we have mentioned, they have a special protection from God until their mission is complete. There's also the possibility that the Antichrist seeing the seal on the heads of the 144,000 
the seal of the name of God, is the reason that he might begin to seal his servants in their right hands or foreheads. It isn't expressed that way explicitly in Scripture, but the Antichrist will want to put the mark of the beast uh, as an identification point on all of his people. The seal of the living God will protect these Jews from the trumpet plagues until their rapture happens in the middle of the Great Tribulation period. And so for right now, uh, that's where we're going to leave the 144,000. And as I've said in other teachings, we may come back and do some ancillary messages where we topically take points out of the book of Revelation and do an entire teaching. Uh, much more detailed information on each particular section. So we might do one on the 144,000 sealed in their foreheads. So right now, let's read the remainder of the seventh chapter. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell down before the throne on their faces and worshipped God, saying, Amen blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. I like the double amen there. That word means so be it. What I'm about to say, so be it. What I have prayed, so be it. Hallelujah. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, what are these? which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them, don't you see the glory? Don't you see the beauty of it? Don't you see the preciousness that awaits us, child of God? One day, we will stand before Him and before His throne and there, there Jesus will be in all His regal splendor, in all His glory, in all His majesty. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It could be said of you and I, they have come through the tribulation of life and they held fast to my name and they did not deny me and they are washed in my blood and now I will dwell among them. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And that carries right on over. I mean, I'm telling you, Christians who have walked in a free nation such as America, they, we still have trials. We still have temptations to sin. We still have problems in our lives that we must overcome. The Bible says <coughs> to the overcomer, over and over, to the overcomer I will let them sit at, 
in my kingdom. To the overcomer, I will give them a crown. To the overcomer, I will give them a brand new name. And so you and I must be overcomers, and there is much to overcome. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony and by not loving our lives unto the death. And that comes even in good times, my friend. Hallelujah. But there are Christians in the world who are already experiencing persecution such as you and I in America cannot fathom. Although we may have some issues coming to America very, very shortly. But despite the persecution, despite the bloodshed, despite the threats, despite the innuendo, despite the torture, despite the pain, they hold their faith in Jesus Christ, faith in the cross, faith in the blood, and they will stand before Him. Many of them who have already been martyred for the faith are standing before Him now. If they could tell us, if they could talk to us today outside of the realm of what we already have, they would tell us of the glory that they are experiencing in His presence. And here's the part I like the best about what it said here. He dwells among them. Listen to what else it says. Oh, the glory that's coming. The glory. The glory that we will one day experience in heaven. In the presence of Jesus. Hallelujah. They shall hunger no more. Neither thirst anymore. Neither, and, and I want to stop right there again and just say this. There's different ways to be hungry. Literally a lot of born again believers in Jesus Christ who have been washed in His precious blood live in parts of the world where they literally die of starvation and they are in heaven right now and they are not hungry anymore. There's many ways to be hungry. Every human being that is born, and, and, and I know this is going to sound corny in our modern culture, but it's very, very, very true. And if you study the Word of God in its entirety, you will see the truth of it. And your spirit will bear witness with the truth of this, what I'm about to say to you right now. Every, every child that's born, every baby, is hungry for love. Hungry for acceptance. Hungry to know and to be known. Hungry. And life has a way of taking that away. Not the hunger, but the fulfillment of the hunger. Because in life we soon learn that everybody doesn't love us. Everybody doesn't accept us. Everybody doesn't want to know us. Everybody doesn't want us to know them. Everybody doesn't want. And sadly, even in the church, there are times when we just feel that sting of rejection. But in His presence, child of the living God, in the presence of Jesus, you will hunger no more. You will know love, total love. You will know acceptance, total acceptance. You will know fulfillment and wholeness and completeness in totality in the presence 
of Jesus. I'm going to get to what this passage is actually referring to here, which is the Great Tribulation, saints. But oh, how it applies to each and every one of us. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. Neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living fountains of water. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Now in the context of the book of Revelation, but as I said, the truth expands. This is the truth of every single person who's ever died and went to heaven. But here we see it portraying the second and last company of redeemed saints seen in the book of Revelation after the rapture. The picture of the church and the Old Testament saints with God is in heaven. These tribulation saints will be martyred all throughout the great tribulation period. And then those who are alive will be raptured. And those who have died also. The rapture and the resurrection are always the same thing. So let's pause right there and, and state that again. If you, if you want to know when the resurrection of dead believers that are dead right now, you and I are alive, and they're dead right now, when are they going to be resurrected? When the rapture takes place. Okay? Because rapture and resurrection is the same event. Alright? And so, the timing of that event, <clears throat> there's a lot of discussion about. We're going to do a, a, a series on the rapture in a few months uh, as we look at Bible prophecy again. And so we'll look at some, some different theories that men have. But here's the thing. These saints of God who are saved during the Great Tribulation, many of them, possibly even most of them, will be killed by the Antichrist and his forces during the Great Tribulation. Now, it would seem inconceivable to me that some of them would perhaps survive. Uh, I mean, not survive. It, 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 it seems likely, let me say it another way, it seems likely that there will be some saints in the tribulation period who will hide out or whatever the case might be and they may survive and be alive. They will be caught up at the end of the tribulation then when Jesus returns with us, His church of the church age, hallelujah, at the second coming or the Armageddon coming of Christ. And there may be some people alive at that moment who are believers in Jesus Christ and who are washed in His blood. Because you see, it's not just enough to be a believer in Jesus Christ. The, the, the devil believes in Jesus Christ. You better know it. You have to be a believer in Jesus Christ and you have to be washed in His blood and you have to be living for Him. Living for Him. Living for Jesus. Hallelujah. Alright? So, <clears throat> we're seeing this company pictured with white robes. Only Jesus and only redeemed humanity redeemed humanity can wear white robes because white in typology is a type of righteousness. So we see here these are they that have made their robes white in the blood, which is red, 
and stains, by the way, the blood of Jesus Christ. So what it's saying here, these are they who have been made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. These martyrs also have palms in their hands, which signifies rejoicing and victory. Hallelujah. You see, Satan might be able to take your life, but he can't take your victory. You can't scare a Christian with heaven. We are victorious no matter what befalls us because Jesus Christ is victor. Hallelujah. He defeated the powers of death, hell, and the grave. Glory to God. He defeated the power of Satan. He defeated the power of sin. And if we are in Him, if we are in Christ, washed in the blood, hallelujah, made righteous because of our faith in the blood of Jesus, then we are more than conquerors no matter what befalls us in this natural, physical state. There is a higher plane. There is another world. There's more after this earth life. And we are victorious in Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. So the palms in their hands signifies victory and rejoicing. And these are distinct from the elders, from the living creatures, from the angels, from all other beings. These are the tribulation saints. And they are martyred for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ as well as their own testimony. These will be saved most likely after the rapture and after the church has gone to be with the Lord. Lukewarm and backslidden Christians will remain after the church has been raptured and many of them will wholeheartedly accept Jesus Christ as their Lord after the rapture. There will be many uh, on planet earth whose parents, whose husbands, whose wives or loved ones prayed for them and they were saved their, their parents were saved or their husband or their wife or their loved ones and they prayed for them and they did not respond to Him and commit their lives to Him fully but in that great tribulation time they will turn to Jesus Christ because of the prayers of their loved ones who are now in heaven with the Lord after the rapture. Think of what I'm saying. That's why I constantly preach. I constantly preach and teach. I constantly make YouTube videos on this one particular subject. It is very, very important that we take the time to pray. And I mean every day and don't miss a day. It's important to allow the Holy Spirit to birth that into our hearts. And when the Holy Spirit gets to birthing prayer in us, we don't only pray just every day, but we pray all throughout our day. We pray, and we don't just pray for ourselves. That's the lowest form of prayer. But we take on the life of Christ and we begin to pray for others, which is a form of ministry. It's called intercession. And we pray for others. It's important that those prayers are uttered, vocalized into the atmosphere. Because someday, one of your grandchildren... Or God forbid one of, your, one of your sons or daughters or grandchildren or great-grandchildren will be in that tribulation time possibly and they're not saved. But that prayer will come back and the Holy Spirit will use it in their heart and they will come to Jesus, hallelujah, and they will go through in righteousness and victory. Praise the Lord. It's important. I said it in some taping the other day. 
in Virginia. I was talking about how I believe I, and I believe that my siblings and others in my family and my parents were, I believe we are answers to the prayers possibly of my fifth great-grandfather who was a ruling elder of an of a old-fashioned on-fire revival Presbyterian church in the mountains of Virginia as he cried out to God for his family to be saved and to come to Christ. And here we are. We don't want that just for if they happen to find themselves in the Great Tribulation. Well, we want it to happen then, yes. But we want them to get saved now. Hallelujah. Before the rapture takes place so they can be in heaven with us. Amen. And not have to go through that hell of the Great Tribulation. Because I'm going to tell you something. The Great Tribulation is not going to be any kind of party or picnic. It's going to be hell on earth. As the hand of God is literally removed. And the powers of darkness begin to run rampant on planet earth. Christian, please, listen to Brother Paxton today. Pray like you've never prayed before. Pray for your spouses. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Pray for your parents. Pray for your sons and daughters. Pray for your grandchildren. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for their children and their grandchildren. Of course, first of all, pray for the leaders of our world. Pray for your pastors. How awful would it be to give one's life in shepherding the people of God, but yet not be right with God themselves and to miss the rapture? How awful would that be? Oh, pray for your leaders. Pray for government officials. Pray for the police, for the fire department. Pray for the ambulance people. Pray for the hospitals and the doctors and the nurse. Develop a prayer life before God. Pray for your loved ones. Pray, pray. Get those prayers into the atmosphere. And when you pray, pray based on the Word. Don't just pray any old thing. Pray God's promises back to Him and get, get it into the atmosphere. Hallelujah. That is a spiritual reality. We're not teaching on that right now. We're in the book of Revelation, but I will be teaching more and more on how the spirit realm responds to prayer. But pray as never before. Because dark days are ahead. Hard days are ahead. Tough days are ahead. And while we are assured as Christians that we have uh, rejoicing and victory, we are totally overcomers and we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us, Jesus Christ and His blood. The days will still be difficult. And especially for the tribulation, the great tribulation saints, they will have some very serious problems. For most people who come to Christ during the Great Tribulation, it will mean death because they'll be killed for their testimony. They'll be raptured later, having been martyred during the Great Tribulation. And those who have been faithful unto death during this time will be before the throne and will be serving God continually. They will be resting from their labors and they will be commended for their works. Also, 
the, the tribulation martyrs will have harps of God and they will sing upon the sea of glass and reign with the Lord forever. Revelation 7, 14-17, Revelation 14-13, Revelation 15-2-4, and Revelation 20, verse 4. And so basically that's an overview of the 7th chapter of the book of Revelation where we, we understand how God will seal 144,000, 12,000 from each tribe of Israel. And He will protect them with a special protection until their task is accomplished. And then they will be raptured. They will be martyred and they will be raptured. And they will get many people saved. There will be many martyrs during the Great Tribulation. There will be many get saved. And so we hope that that little overview has helped you with this seventh chapter. I've enjoyed myself today. It's the first time I've picked up this study uh, in several weeks. And it's just been a great joy uh, to get back into our reading of the book of Revelation together as partners in the gospel. Amen. It's, it's great. I'll tell you, <clears throat> God has blessed us with some awesome partners. And so we enjoy... Uh, I'm going to do more like this in the future where we just sit down and we'll read through an entire book of the Bible together and uh, we'll give comment and, and there'll be some ancillary messages that will come out of that as well, just like there is with the book of Revelation. Let me mention that we do have some messages available for an offering of any size to this ministry. And uh, you can give online, www.acts, that's acts. 2618.com hit on the donate button for an offering of any size we have uh, the rise of the Islamic beast we have the rise and fall of the seventh empire we have several on the rapture and we'll just send them all to you for a, an offering of any size $20 or more okay for this particular week $20 or more and you can have all of those those messages uh, are not on the podcast. There are a couple on the rapture that are on the podcast. But the ones I'm referring to here, the rise of the Islamic beast, uh, the end from the beginning, uh, on and on. We've got several messages that we'd just love to send you on Bible prophecy uh, for an offering to the ministry. But this study on Revelation will be posted on the Old Time Power. In fact, at the time that I'm recording chapter 7, chapter 1 is right now on the Old Time Power. And chapters 2 and 3, which I did in one setting, again, just an overview. I can't go into every detail and every implication of meaning in the book of Revelation. We would be studying it for the rest of my life, and then I would die and somebody would have to take over because we still wouldn't be done, okay? <laughs> it's a deep book, and there's a lot to it. So we hope to preach as many messages as we can, but we definitely felt led of God to sit down and have this time of you and I reading the book of Revelation together as partners in the gospel and just giving an overview of the book. So Revelation chapter 1 is on the podcast now. Uh, this is Wednesday, July 24th, and on Friday, July 26th, we will put chapters 2 and 3 up. And for the time being, on the old-time power, every Tuesday and every Friday will be update day. 
unless I'm on the road and then we'll miss that particular time uh, that I'm on the road. Next we will be in chapter 8. <clears throat> we'll be talking about the seventh seal and the first six judgments. And basically that's going to go from Revelation 8 verse 1 to Revelation 9 verse 21. And um, that's the judgment, uh, uh, the seal and the first six trumpets. So we'll see most likely <clears throat> we will try to do Revelation 8 and 9 in one segment. And that's a lot of material to cram in. We're going to have to move really, really fast. We are going to read every verse together. And we're going to claim the promise of the blessing of God for all those who read and keep the book of Revelation. Amen. This is Brother Paxton saying, Go with God, and He will go with you. Bless you now.